Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. The old principle that a crisis is also an opportunity was validated last month when Israel learned that its citizens were actively being targeted by Iranian hit squads in the city of Istanbul. Close cooperation between Mossad and the Turkish intelligence agency, MIT, managed to foil several plots and bring about the arrest of perpetrators, either Iranian or foreign contract killers. Israeli leaders highlighted the role of President Recep Tayyip Erdogan in overseeing the joint operation as a backdrop to a declared wish to upgrade diplomatic relations to an ambassadorial level. To deliberate the seemingly warming of relations between Ankara and Jerusalem, all the way from Istanbul, Turkey, is Mr. Yusuf Erim, who is TRT World Editor-at-Large. Thank you for joining us, Yusuf. Thanks for having me. As uh, always a pleasure, also joining us from central Israel is Dr. Chaitan Konyan Arochak, who is a research fellow at the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security, as well as the Moshe Dayan Center at Tel Aviv University. Thank you for joining us as well, uh, Chaitan. Thank you. Also joining us here in the studio is our TV7 editor-at-large, host of TV7 Watchmen Talk, Powers in Play, and so much more, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us a broader outlook at the current state of play and all that relates to Israel and Turkey. So uh, no self-respecting country, and all countries are, obviously, uh, tolerates the uh, phenomenon of uh, outsiders running around uh, its major cities looking uh, for uh, a hit on third parties. Jordan didn't like it when Israelis were trying to kill Khaled Mashal, um, 25 years ago. Hamas uh, leader. In Amman, yes. And uh, obviously uh, Turkey uh, didn't like it uh, when Saudis killed uh, Adnan Khachoggi uh, inside uh, his own, Jamal Khachoggi, inside uh, his own uh, consulate in Istanbul. And now when the Israeli services and the Turkish one cooperated in foiling uh, these attacks, it so happened that it coincides with um, the warming in relations which President Erdogan um, generated exactly a year ago. It was in late June of uh, 2021, a week or so after the Bennett-Lapid government came to power, that Erdogan, seeing the uh, changed strategic landscape, decided to um, upgrade relations, whether first of all uh, behind the scenes and then uh, in diplomacy. He turned um, indirectly to uh, the foreign ministry headed by Lapid. And when uh, he was uh, not given a warm welcome then, there, he went to President Herzog. And the rest is a very, very short and updated history. Indeed. Mr. Arim, I'd like to hear your take on this. Well, first of all, I think it's very important to understand what was targeted uh, by these planned Iranian terror attacks. Uh, this was not just a so-called retaliation to allegations of uh, Israel uh, hitting Iranian officials. Uh, I think that the number one target of uh, these uh, foiled plots were uh, the reproachment process and uh, what Iran had hoped, or at least by design, 
was to derail this process probably did more to bring these two countries together uh, than anything else that could have happened. Because uh, up till now, the process was mainly led by uh, Israeli President Isaac Herzog. And uh, while there was one meeting between Shoshola and Lapid, the top diplomats, uh, having uh, Yair Lapid come to Turkey during this time while Israeli citizens are being threatened, during a time while uh, there is domestic uncertainty in Israel with an election upcoming, uh, shows a great vote of confidence in the rapprochement process and shows ownership of the rapprochement process by uh, the government, not just the ceremonial president. So a very, very strong message to the Turks, a very strong message to the Iranians as well, a very strong message to the region with Yair Lapid's visit. So it was tremendously important to see this happen. It was also very important to see the level of intelligence sharing and working together of the Middle East two premier intelligence services, uh, Mossad and MIT. So seeing that type of relationship come back on track is also very important as well. And we'll have a very important positive impact, not just uh, in Turkey and Israel, but also have a positive impact in Iraq, in Syria, and in the wider region uh, uh, throughout the Middle East. Dr. Konya Narodchak, your take? Uh, well, uh, I, I think we should congratulate the Iranians for pushing Israelis and Turkey and, and uh, the Turkish authorities forward. For a decade, we did not see such a cooperation between the two intelligence agencies. And uh, now, uh, thanks to the Iranian threat, we are seeing that both of the agencies are working together, collaborating together. And uh, two of the leaders that we are seeing, uh, Foreign Minister Chavushov and Foreign Minister Lapid, uh, they also seize this as an, as an important opportunity to uh, take the reconciliation one step further. Uh, I think uh, these kind of uh, political summits are crucial uh, for, uh, for trust-building measures between the two countries. Uh, I really believe that uh, this, uh, this was a crucial exam uh, for the future of the bilateral relations. If uh, in retrospect, we can say that uh, uh, since the declaration of the normalization, we experienced two important exams. Uh, these were the Ramadan and uh, of course, the, uh, this recent Iranian threat in Turkey. Uh, if we're gonna see this, um, this trend, uh, if this trend will survive, I think uh, Israelis and the uh, and their Turkish counterparts, uh, we can open here uh, a new era in the relations, which can also pave the way for more ambitious projects in the future. Mr. Owen, um, first of all, the the Iranians um, since the uh, Islamic Revolution, uh, perhaps also before under the Shah, but especially after the revolution have been running around trying to kill their own uh, dissidents and defectors and others such as the Saudi ambassador to Washington and uh, former uh, Iranian Prime Minister Shapur Bakhtiar uh, in France. And um, it is uh, an important milestone in the fight against them that the Turkish authorities uh, managed uh, to get their hands on the, the squad and perhaps uh, much like uh, the Khashoggi uh, squad, uh, trace back uh, the um, responsible and accountable authorities in, uh, uh, in this case, uh, in Tehran. In the uh, uh, other case, it was uh, Prince, uh, Crown Prince Mohammed uh, bin Salman. Now, 
um, right now, uh, the NATO summit has just ended uh, at Madrid, the last two days of uh, June. And obviously, in the run-up to this uh, summit, many Western leaders, uh, up to um, uh, Secretary of State Blinken, have tried to influence their Turkish counterparts to help NATO unite against Russia, especially in the uh, accession of uh, Sweden and Finland uh, to NATO. And there was an openness by Turkey to this idea and to the entire uh, problem of uh, Russia overextending uh, its power. So one should see the Turkish-Israeli rapprochement as part of a broader movement by Turkey to reintegrate into uh, the Western defense architecture. And of course, we remember that in the 1950s, when there was CENTO, the Central Treaty Organization, the so-called Baghdad Pact, Turkey, along with Iraq and Pakistan and the Great Britain, was a member. Indeed. Uh, Mr. Arim, I'd, I'd like to hear, just recently there was a meeting uh, in Nul Sultan again, the, the, uh, what used to be the Astana summit or Astana talks with regard to uh, Syria in particular, where Turkey serves as one of the three guarantors alongside Iran and uh, Russia. Uh, it seems like uh, these cooperation, coordination, or however you want to call it, are not yielding the results uh, which they have in the past. And, and it seems that Turkey is vying for more of a inclusive uh, understanding, if you will, from its Western partners rather than its Eastern partners. How do you see this uh, draw in Israel, which also has its own interests, of course, in keeping the Islamic Republic at bay? Well, when we look at what's going on in Syria now that uh, the active fighting has really died down and we're having a bottleneck with the politis- political solution process. Uh, an actor like Iran that has uh, disruptive Shiite militia all throughout the region, especially throughout the uh, Syrian uh, battlefield, uh, sometimes peace might not be exactly what they want. Uh, the chaos situation has always been a big bonus for Iran, an area where they can grab power, they can consolidate power. And uh, during this uh, time of peace, uh, we've seen Russia become more and more prominent. We've seen Turkey become more and more prominent. And I think that's something that's bothered the Iranians, seeing their near decade investment slowly going down. Now, uh, recently, we've seen, I, be, I believe about a year ago, Turkey even entertained having a trilateral between uh, Russia, Turkey, and Qatar on Syria. So uh, Turkey has already entertained uh, taking uh, Iran out of the Syria equation when possible. So as Turkey is looking more to Western partners to move forward, uh, Israel, uh, the country that has uh, influence and that can change realities on the ground in Syria, could definitely be a viable option to have more diplomacy with regarding Syria, because at the end of the day, the security threat perception uh, between Israel and Turkey on uh, the topic of Syria is very, very aligned. Both uh, do not uh, like Bashar al-Assad. Both see Shiite militia as very, very disruptive. And uh, while Israel hasn't made too many comments on Russia, I'm sure they're not very, very comfortable having uh, Russian presence so close to its own border. 
uh, what uh, is acceptable today can uh, cause serious national security concerns for them tomorrow. So when you have a superpower with uh, a presence very close to your border, I'm sure that's a situation that's uncomfortable. Now, as for the Iranians, uh, there were su supposed to be two meetings previous between top diplomats uh, of Iran and Turkey. Both of them were postponed. During that process, Turkey ended up meeting with the Israeli foreign minister, ended up meeting with the Saudi crown prince. And now only this past Monday has the Iranian top diplomat come to Turkey to meet with his Turkish counterpart. So uh, there was definitely something going on. There's definitely friction. We can see it because at a time when Turkey is talking about another Syria operation, at a time when the JCPOA is almost could be back in play, at a time when there is a massive war in Ukraine, uh, one would not expect the Iranian top diplomat to put off two uh, visits to Ankara, a very important actor in the region. So uh, I think there was a lot more to these postponements in the background than uh, meets the eye. Dr. Konyan Rochak? Well, uh, when looking from uh, the Turkish perspective, uh, I see that uh, Turkey and Iran are confronting each other not only uh, within Turkey that uh, the Turkish intelligence agency foiled uh, these terrorist attacks against the Israeli tourists, but uh, we are also seeing this friction in northern Iraq uh, next to the Sinjar Mountains, where the uh, Shiite militias of Hashti Shabi are launching missile attacks against the Turkish soldiers, uh, which happened to kill one Turkish soldier in the Turkish Bashika uh, military base in northern Iraq. Besides that, recently, Mr. Erdogan, also uh, declared his intention of launching another important military campaign in Syria in the Menbich and Tel Rifat uh, enclaves. And uh, of course, from the Iranian perspective, uh, this, is an, uh, in, this is again a Turkish penetration into the Shiite uh, Iranian controlled zones. And uh, of course, when we, are, uh, we, when we already mentioned the word penetration, we cannot ignore the Turkish penetration in the Nagorno-Karabakh uh, in favor of Azerbaijan, which also weakened Iranians um, uh, significantly in the region. So uh, when we are looking at this full big picture, uh, from the Iranian perspective, uh, I think Tehran, uh, uh, I think they feel very much challenged uh, by the Turks. And uh, I assume uh, that uh, these three important topics uh, will also dominate uh, the uh, the summit between the Turkish and the Iranian foreign ministers. But we should also underline another important fact that nobody is talking. It's about the water question uh, between the two countries. Turkey is willing to uh, build two important dams on the um, uh, Tigris and, uh, and the Aras rivers. And Iranians are very much anxious that uh, this, this will uh, decrease the amount of water which will come to Iran, and this will create a huge headache. Again, water will uh, become uh, a, a very important uh, factor uh, in the decision-making process uh, in the Middle East. Indeed. Mr. Well, Owen? Geography is destiny, and uh, the common uh, interest of uh, Turkey and Israel is um, uh, to keep uh, Syria um, away uh, from uh, exercising its power against uh, either of them. Now, obviously, Turkey uh, has uh, a focus on its southern border, which is northern uh, Syria, 
also uh, Turkey long ago uh, took over uh, the province of Hatay or Alexandretta. And Israel, um, in a symmetrical fashion, took over the southern uh, Syrian province of Golan. And uh, Israel has uh, its focus on its own northern border, which is southern Syria. Of course, in addition, Turkey borders uh, Iran and Iraq, and this is also important to Israel. So after 20 years exactly of uh, Erdogan's rule, it seems as if the uh, traditional strategic alignment between Israeli interests and Turkish ones is coming back. Mr. Azim? Yeah, definitely. I, the alignment is coming back, and it's not just coming back from a national security perspective or an intelligence-sharing uh, perspective. Uh, during the con uh, press conference between Yair Lapid and uh, Medvedev Chosho, they also stressed that uh, the trade ministries will be meeting, uh, their delegations will be meeting July 4th. So uh, also both top diplomats stressed more cooperation, continued dialogue on trade and energy. So we're seeing a wide smorgasbord of topics uh, that Turkey and Israel see uh, they can cooperate on uh, beyond the uh, classic security-centric uh, cooperation and trade, very, very important. Energy could be a game changer with the pipeline. Uh, again, tourism, uh, the Israeli foreign minister talked about having uh, direct flights for Israeli uh, airlines to Istanbul and the Turkish coast. And this type of uh, safety nets inside the relationship by expanding uh, the areas of bilateral interest are going to be important mechanisms going forward. Now, I want probably the most important announcement during the press conference was the uh, uh, joint decision to increase representation or at least launch a process to increase, increase representation at the diplomatic missions to ambassadorial level. And I think the timing was tremendously important because uh, a possible October election and a return of uh, Netanyahu or another political leader that uh, may not be very warm to uh, Turkey can uh, signal a block in the next step of the rapprochement process. To, so to be able to have ambassadors grandfathered in before any perspective or potential change uh, is very, very important because I wouldn't foresee any leader coming in and removing ambassadors without having a reason. They would live with that new reality and that would allow time for uh, the rapprochement to continue at least, or at least uh, st stay in its place, which would also be a positive rather than go back or be postponed for another three, four, five years. I think the uh, upgrading of the relations to the ambassadorial level is something beyond the Turkish-Israeli relations. I think this is something very much related with the Abraham Accords axis. Uh, we all happen to see the Turkish uh, charm offensive uh, started when the United Arab Emirates uh, President uh, Mohammed bin Zayed visited Turkey. And only after that, we began to see uh, the Turkish uh, reconciliation project that, uh, you know, uh, they began to conduct this rapprochement first to Israel, then to Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, and even to Egypt. And I think even if uh, former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu will come back, I think uh, this is, uh, since this is something related uh, with a bigger uh, plan and bigger uh, grand strategy, I don't think that he will be an opposing force uh, for uh, upgrading the relations to the ambassadorial level. Indeed. Well, I'd like to bring Russia into this mix because also what Mr. Arim mentioned earlier, uh, 
mid uh, mid June, for that matter, Ambassador Lavrov visited uh, Ankara. He met with Minister Shevushoglu, uh, during which uh, Mr. Uh, Lavrov highlighted his objection uh, to the Turkish operation in Syria, something that has put a certain stop on Turkish plans, which uh, seemed quite imminent at the time. Uh, is this a calculation that also brings into the mix the Israeli-Turkish uh, understanding and also rapprochement to a certain degree? Not really. Uh, Turkey, of course, or Turkey, right, as uh, President Erdogan uh, has insisted that uh, all of us uh, now call the country. Which happens also to be in Hebrew this way. Yes, that's true. Um, with a slight accent, Turkey, rather than Turkey, it doesn't matter. Um, all must uh, have the uh, Russian policy uh, at the back of their mind uh, always. But um, I think that uh, what is more important, or at least immediate right now, is what is happening in the uh, Iran uh, nuclear agreement talks in Vienna. Uh, there must be a connection between the renewal of these uh, uh, talks, which have been dormant for a while, and the Israeli political crisis. Because President Biden has been reluctant to do anything which will make the Biden government fall apart. By, uh, President uh, to the Bennett government. Bennett uh, and Lapid uh, were fearful that Benjamin Netanyahu will accuse them of uh, giving uh, up uh, Israeli sovereignty and uh, freedom of movement to American pressure. So they echoed uh, Netanyahu's policy, even though many people in the Israeli national security uh, mechanism um, are objecting to that policy and are for an agreement. Now that the Bennett government has essentially fallen, Biden is free of uh, this consideration. He can do whatever he uh, wants to do. He can come to Israel and give the Palestinians their consulate general back in East Jerusalem, another topic that Bennett has objected to, because now uh, it's uh, immaterial. And uh, one sees both Turkey and other uh, regional actors starting to act as if the uh, nuclear deal uh, is probably coming back. Indeed, Mr. Rim. Yeah, definitely. When we look at Turkey's uh, comments regarding the Iran nuclear deal, while Turkey uh, is categorically against uh, countries getting sanctioned and they, they want to see sanctions lifted, uh, I can in any which way, shape or form see uh, the national security establishment in Ankara ever being uh, comfortable with Iran obtaining nuclear weapons. Now, uh, many people always view Iran uh, obtaining nuclear weapons with Israel being the number one target. But uh, Turkey shares a 534-kilometer border with Iran, and uh, it only takes about five to six minutes to have those nuclear warheads aimed at Turkey. And having a neighbor obtain nuclear weapons, all that's going to do is trigger a Middle Eastern nuclear arms race. And that's the last thing the Middle East needs right now. We don't need Saudi Arabia, Turkey, uh, and other countries in the region trying to uh, all obtain nuclear weapons at the same time. This should be a time of regional convergence, and we're seeing this uh, now. Uh, Mr. Yanorojak talked about uh, the Abraham Accords. I, I think that the 
Turkey uh, and reconciliation with the region, whether it be UAE or Israel, it goes a little earlier than that, back to the Alula summit. I think that's where the seeds were placed. And that was the first uh, part where the two polar camps actually broke. And we saw that ice break with uh, the Qatar blockade ending, which opened the door for Turkey to begin engaging the UAE, Turkey to begin engaging Saudi Arabia and uh, Egypt. So I think that was uh, the huge uh, initial momentum that uh, started this grand convergence in the region. And uh, again, with uh, the Aramco attack, uh, with the withdrawal from Afghanistan, uh, all of this uh, at play, we're seeing many actors all viewing the same thing, all reaching the same conclusion, saying, hey, we need to start having relations with our neighbors because we're going to have to make solutions, local solutions for local problems. And uh, I think that's the driving force behind it. So labeling this Abraham Accords or labeling this or that, I think that is uh, just packaging it, making it easier, understandable. But it's something much bigger uh, than just one country's reconciliation process. This is a regional understanding. Um, well, I, I would like to refer uh, to this uh, Turkish nuclear program as Iran already launched its nuclear program. I think it will create a domino effect in the region. And I will not be surprised uh, if Turkey uh, in the future will also um, launch its uh, militaristic uh, nuclear program as well. We all happen to see today uh, that Turkey is now uh, constructing its nuclear reactor together with Russia. The first one is uh, located in uh, Mersin Akuyu, and the second one uh, will be mostly, um, you know, uh, it will be uh, in Sinop, and the third one in uh, in the Greek border, Ineada. I think uh, all of when we are looking at the Middle East, uh, unless Iran uh, will uh, will withdraw from its uh, nuclear program, uh, I think this domino effect will come. And uh, we'll also, uh, we're going to see uh, such a thing, such a scenario in Turkey. Uh, I assume that Turks would not like to see uh, a nuclear Iran, but I also would like to remind that uh, Turkey and Iran, they never fought uh, since 1639, a conventional warfare from Kastri Shirin or Zuhab Treaty. So I don't think that the Turkish decision makers see Iran mm -hmm. as an existential threat, but uh, they would like to, They, I mean, if one day they will uh, take such an act, uh, they they will take such an act in order to um, uh, to meet with this rivalry uh, with Iran. Mr. Owen? Uh, there is hardly any bilateral relationship anymore. It's all multilateral, regional, and there are several Nobel Peace Prizes uh, available for picking up if the Turkish-Greek conflict is solved, if the Israeli-Palestinian, Israeli-Syrian, Israeli-Iranian ones, there's still a lot of time for diplomats to work on that. It's not going to happen this year. Well, this is all the time that we have for today. I'd like to thank Mr. Arim, Dr. Konyan Arochak, and Mr. Oren for being part of today's program. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.